0: Our children are already, some of them, headed to the back for Children's Church, so uh, you children head back there. We've got folks ready to take you downstairs and and work with you and lead you through this time, and here we're going to pray together. Our Father, we do thank you that the Lord Jesus came for each one of us, and we do ask that you would now begin to lay upon our hearts a particular person that we can pray for and seek to share the good news with in the year ahead. Lord, you uh, know every heart and every need. And so help us, Lord, to really open ourselves to you and to your leadership. Because we have the blessing of knowing you. And we want others to know you as well. And as we open the Bible this morning and... Think about Paul's words, that I may know him. We pray you will impress upon us the great meaning of that statement, how it applies to each of our lives, and Lord, may that be the great goal of each of our lives, to know you, and to love you, and to share you with the world. Now bless this time, we pray, use it for your glory, and lead us in the name of Christ, we pray, amen. Well, let's take our Bibles for a few moments and turn to Philippians 3. We're continuing through the book of Philippians, verse by verse, and we come to this passage, Philippians three, ten to 16. I'm going to read that full passage, and then we're going to focus on verses 10 and 11. I know you remember that on the first Sunday of January this year, we we covered those other verses, verses 12 to 16, as a way to kick off the new year. You remember my sermon, right, from six months ago? I know you do. So we're going to focus in on verses 10 and 11 this morning, but I'll read the full passage. Paul says there in verse 10, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. And all of that he kicked off by talking about His relationship to Jesus. And in verse 10, he expresses that by saying, that I may know him. I think Paul is getting to the very heart of what his life had become as a follower of Jesus. And what our lives should be as Christians. You see, Paul had given up everything for the sole purpose of knowing Jesus. He gave everything up. And he had a lot to give up. He was a man who was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a Jewish leader. Saul was, Saul of Tarsus. And he was a man of great power, influence. Without a doubt, wealth came along with that. He was set for life, you might say. But then, while he was on the way to arrest Christians and take them to prison, he met Jesus. Jesus appeared to him. And everything changed. He he received Jesus into his life. And everything was turned upside down. And then through him, he helped turn the world upside down. The world of that day. He took the gospel all the way to the heart of the Roman Empire. To Rome. Where he would eventually, we know from tradition, he would lay down his life there. But the Apostle Paul had given up everything. And here, I think, is his great statement of why he did it. That I may know him. You see, we are called into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not called into a religious function. We're not called into a religious organization. We're called to know Jesus. That's the heart of what it means to be a Christian. We come to know him. And as we know him then he does his work through us so that others may come to know him. And so I hope as a follower of Jesus, you see right at the very core of what your your life is, is that you may know him. And of course, the moment you accept Christ into your life, you are made a child of God. That is eternal. That is forever. But then the more you walk with Him, the longer you serve Him, you come to know Him in a deeper and deeper way. It doesn't mean that you're not saved at that moment in time when you accept Christ into your life. You are. That's what the Bible says. But then you grow deeper in that faith. You know Him more and more. And I don't think Paul ever got satisfied with how close his relationship to Jesus was. He wanted to know him more and more. And then he describes how we come to know him. In what ways do we know him? That I may know him, he says, and the power of his resurrection. You notice he doesn't say the resurrection there. And the power of his resurrection. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ. What is the power of His resurrection? Well, in the, in, for Jesus Himself, the resurrection, the power of Him rising from the dead, it authenticated, it revealed and established for all eternity who Jesus is. The power of His resurrection is a power that marked Him out. It declared Him. If you look at Romans chapter 1, Romans 1, beginning at the first verse, I want to read down through verse 4 because Paul, also writing Romans, speaks to this very thing. Paul, as Romans opened the letter to Romans, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God which he promised before through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ our lord who was born of the seed of david according to the flesh and declared declared to be the son of god with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead the power of his resurrection his resurrection declared him to be the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. That word declared is a very interesting word. It's the word horizo in the Greek where we get our word horizon, our word horizon. And in Romans 1, he is saying that by the, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus was horizon he was declared to be the son of God think about the horizon look out if you look out on the horizon if you don't have anything in the way and you can see out at the distance you see what where heaven and earth meet you see the demarcation line and Jesus Christ through his resurrection it declared him to be The place, the the person, the moment at which heaven and earth met. Because Jesus left heaven and came to earth to be our Savior. And when you think about it, it is through Jesus that we can step from this earth into heaven. We can have eternal life. And heaven becomes our reality the moment we receive Christ. Because what does Paul say? He says our citizenship is in heaven. Present tense. We're already citizens of heaven. And someday we're going to step into that glorious place for all of eternity. And so the resurrection of Jesus, the power of that resurrection, authenticated Jesus as being the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior Of the world. As one writer said, Jesus referred to it as the sign of the prophet Jonah. Three days rising from the dead, he entered the tomb a captive, he came out a conqueror. He entered the tomb as though death mastered our Lord, he arose the master of death. And so the resurrection authenticates Jesus, it reveals him to be who he is absolutely is God who came into this world to be the savior of the world and in that way it authenticates our salvation it authenticates him as being the one who can save us the one who will save us if he had not risen from the dead there would be no salvation we don't worship a prophet who died and is buried somewhere and we can make a pilgrimage to see his grave You can go to the Holy Land and go and see where they say the body of Jesus was laid, but you don't expect to find his body there because he's alive. He rose from the dead, and the power of that resurrection means that resurrection, eternal life is possible now for all of us, all who will trust in his name. The Lord said in John 10, 18, I have power to lay down my life and I have power to take it up again. That's the power of his resurrection. And then in verses 27 and 28 of John 10, and I give unto them my people, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. That's the power of his resurrection that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. When you give your life to Jesus, you know the power of his resurrection because he makes you alive. He makes you alive spiritually, he makes you alive for all of eternity. As surely as he rose from the dead, you now have passed from death unto life that I may know him and the power of. Of his resurrection. And he goes on. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Knowing Jesus is identifying with his sufferings. Our Savior came to suffer for our sins on the cross. His entire ministry was marked by misunderstanding and opposition and betrayal. And then eventually death itself. Now, this is not saying that we can enter into his sufferings in the same way that he did. We don't suffer for the sin of the world. We don't suffer to bring people to salvation, not through our uh, our sacrifice. But we identify with the way Jesus suffered. Jesus was willing to give his all to accomplish the purpose and plan of God. And we in our lives should identify with that suffering, be willing to do whatever it takes so that the will and purpose of God will be accomplished and carried out through our lives where we live so that he will be glorified. And as we identify with his suffering, meaning in our lives, we're willing to give ourselves for him. We're willing to lay down our lives on a day-by-day basis. Hebrews 5, 8 makes the startling statement that Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. Now, this doesn't mean Jesus was ever disobedient. But when he came in his humanity, it was through his suffering That he was declared to the world to be the Savior. And that he accomplished the work of salvation. And he learned obedience in his humanity through the suffering that he was willing to endure. So if you're tempted to think whenever suffering or disappointment or difficulty comes into your life. That somehow that means God does not love you. Or God has turned his back on you. Or God is absent Folks, that often means the exact opposite. It's in that suffering that you have the opportunity to display your faithfulness to God. And through that faithfulness, his work is often accomplished. His work in you, you are shaped, you are conformed to be more like Jesus. And through that, through your witness in the midst of difficulty and suffering, people can see the power of God in your life. What happens to the typical person when they go through suffering? They just kind of turn in on themselves. They melt away. They disappear from life, from the society. That's the tendency. But for the Christian, it is your opportunity to declare to the world the power of God in you. That the Lord is with you. And the Lord who is with you loves you and he loves those people that you have a chance to influence. Embrace suffering when it comes as your opportunity to identify with the sufferings of Christ and through that suffering to declare the glory of God, the love of God, the power of God. You think about the Christians you've known who have suffered greatly. And you will think about people who displayed to you in great measure the power of God. And you walk away from it thinking God was with them. They knew him. That I may know him. We'll never come to know him in a deeper way than when we suffer for his sake. When we suffer in this life and we let that suffering be a witness to the world. That is a moment in which we come to know him in a deeper way. So suffering in and of itself, it doesn't mean God is absent. It means you are present with God and you have the opportunity. He is he is present in you to display his power, the power of his resurrection. And then it says fellowship, the fellowship of his sufferings. Fellowship points to what? Closeness. If you have fellowship with someone, you're drawing closer to them. You have interaction with them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into a fiery furnace in the book of Daniel, weren't they? Because they would not deny the truth of God. In fact, they said, if you have to, if you have to throw us in the furnace, you go right ahead. We know that our God is able to deliver us. And what happened? In that fiery furnace, in that suffering, what did they encounter? The presence of God. There was a fourth man walking in the fire with them. And it says he was likened to the Son of God. You see, when you walk through the fiery furnace of life, the Lord Jesus is there with you. There is a fellowship in suffering the Lord draws near to you, even as you draw near to him. And then knowing Jesus is to die to self, being conformed to his death. Being conformed to his death. This phrase is related to the fellowship of his sufferings and grows out of it. But I think it has even a an additional dimension. When we trust Christ, we are placed in Christ, which means that we are identified with Him in His death and His resurrection. But then we live our lives. We live out our lives as Christ lives in us and through us. What is our position? We are in Christ the moment Christ comes into our life. We then live that out as we are conformed to his death. In other words, we become more and more like him. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so the life you now live, is the life of Christ living through you, conformed to his death, squeezed, molded, shaped into his likeness. As we live the Christian life, we die to self, the old self, dead and gone. And it's now Christ who is living in us and through us. Now, we don't do that perfectly, As long as we're on the earth because we still have the presence of sin and we make mistakes, we sin, we fall by the wayside sometimes. You don't lose your salvation. But you don't perfectly live out this Christian life. But the grace of God is sufficient in those moments. And he helps you to get back up and you keep going. And you get more and more like him as time goes by. That's the work of the Spirit of God in you to bring you to the place that when we someday step into heaven, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. I think this is what Jesus meant when he said, whoever follows me must deny self and take up your cross daily and follow me. It is this ongoing process of being conformed to his death, becoming more and more like him as we die to self and as we let the life of Christ live through us. And then finally, knowing Jesus is to anticipate heaven expectantly. There's a joy here. Look at the end. It doesn't come across so much in the way it's worded that if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul is looking ahead. He was always looking ahead, wasn't he? Because he knew better days were coming. And Paul knew that he was going to arrive at that moment when his life on this earth would come to an end. And by the power of his resurrection, he would experience resurrection. That he would become like Jesus Christ. He was looking ahead to what was in store. I hope you're also looking ahead. It doesn't mean you, you only look ahead. You don't only keep your head in the sky looking and thinking about heaven. But it's not bad to think about heaven. And to let others know that you're thinking about heaven. And maybe they'll start thinking about heaven too. And the fact that they need to be ready. And so as we, we ask God to lay on our hearts people we can pray for. And share the gospel with. So that they will be ready someday. To experience this power. Of the resurrection of Christ. That ultimately means. We will spend eternity with him. That is something. That we should be so filled with joy. About. That knowing him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings. And going through this life. Of being conformed to his death. Is going to end up. In the the resurrection from the dead, that we're going to spend eternity with him. Now, Paul, in in humility, he said, If by any means I may attain, I may arrive at the resurrection. I think it was such an amazing thing. Paul still could not quite grasp, and he could not quite let himself go to just say, The resurrection is coming in his humility. He is saying, it's not by my means. It's only by the power of his resurrection, the power of God that I can attain. I can arrive at that glorious moment. And that's the truth. It's only by him. It's the power of his resurrection that brings resurrection into our lives. That I may know him. I hope this is the great purpose of your life no matter where you live or what job you do or what your what your hobbies are or your or your family all of those things are so very important all of those people are so important but radiating from the center and that center is that I may know him and as we know him he'll help us to get all everything else in the right place and to do life in the right way so that we bring honor and glory to His name. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank You that we can know You. That in and of itself is such a dramatic thing to be able to say that we sinners can know You, the sinless One, God Himself, who came and gave Your life That we might have life. Lord if there is someone here now. Who needs to give their life to you. To receive you as Savior. And Lord we pray that they will have the courage now. To just open their heart to you. And embrace you. As their Savior. To call upon your name and say Lord Jesus. I know I need you. I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I want to make you my Lord. And my Savior. And we trust that you will do what you have promised, that you will come into the life of that person who calls upon your name. There may be Christians here who need to publicly tell the world they've received you, given their life to you, but they've never done that publicly. May they come now and publicly declare that you are their Savior and Lord and want to follow you in believer's baptism. There may be Christians who need to rededicate their life to you to this calling, to this purpose. May this be the moment, publicly, privately, you lead us, Lord. And may your will be done in each of our lives. And we'll give you the praise for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand and we're going to sing our hymn of invitation. And then after that, we're going to be observing the Lord's Supper.